Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions on resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today we're going to talk about a lot of things because this is our special 100th episode. Man, that is just hard to fathom. Yeah. I think I labeled it in our in our Excel sheet. How can we possibly talk this much? Because if we think back, really, it's been about three years, almost exactly three years. Right. We were preparing for the 2019 youth gathering and podcasts were starting to get really, really popular mainstream. And we started throwing around this idea of doing a youth ministry podcast. And it was also kind of right around the same time we started really formulating the specifics around the seven practices of healthy youth ministry. And we wanted to be able to support people to give out good resources and and youth ministry information in a different way. And it's hard to believe here we are three years later, a hundred episodes in. Yeah, it was something that I know KFU always started to do more podcasts with a lot of their shows and just to be able to make them to be resources for the church. And we wanted to do something for youth ministry, again, as we were diving into the seven practices and other things. And we wanted to make sure that it was a podcast that maybe something that any youth leader could connect to, particularly those who are volunteer youth leaders. And we know you have a limited amount of time and perhaps even training, and we we're hoping to find a way and that we we're maybe able to support you in a way that could make best use of your time. And we felt it was important, too, to give you another set of resources that you could use in helping care for your young people. I remember sitting down with Andy Bates, who's from KFUO, and trying to figure out, and he said, see how many topics you can come up with. What would you talk about on the podcast? Mm -hmm. And I think very quickly we filled up a whole year and kind of even beyond that of topics. And then as we got to the end of those, we had a whole new year. Um, And very quickly after the gathering, we filled another year. Yeah, I think a pandemic added a few more episodes in there too. Oh, for sure, (laughs) right? And so there's certainly not a shortage of things that we could talk about. And hopefully you guys have gotten a lot out of it. And we can look at some of our data we went back and just looked at what, how the episodes have been downloaded just in this calendar year. And we've had 10,496 downloads wow. of the podcast this calendar year. And you obviously some of the most downloaded ones are ones around the youth gathering, mm. <laughs> a day in the gathering, post-gathering studies. And you guys really seem to like the parent series that we did, which was with some fantastic folks talking about how we partner with parents. We certainly do go back and look and see which ones you guys are most interested in and try and do more of that. Well, as the core of the podcast is bringing on people much smarter and wiser than we are and basically just interviewing them. Everyone. So yeah, it's so pretty much the case. So our show is very focused on guests that we bring in and we had 71 different people on the podcast. Some did join us more than once. We had nine people other than our LCMS Youth Ministry staff people that joined us more than once. The most re- occurring persons were Dave Reeder and Ryan Cornett. And they joined us a few times to talk about the research and much, much more other stuff too around youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I feel like that's a good variety out of a yeah. hundred episodes. We had a few of those where we had four or five people on, but it's been really fantastic to get to know some of these practitioners, yeah. these people in our church better and to hear their stories and to hear how God has worked in yeah. their lives. So it's fun to put together a resource that makes you smarter 
and wiser and get to new, new get to know new people too. Yeah, if nothing else, it serves us yeah, to right. be able to help <laughs> us be better at our jobs. If nothing else, we feel like we've gotten smarter. Absolutely. In the last three years. So uh, we did a little turnaround this time. We decided that for the 100th episode, rather than us planning out questions for other people to answer, we were going to ask our listeners to give us questions for us to answer. And so we put that out on social media. We asked what kind of questions you would ask us. And we got some heavy hitter questions and some fun questions. (laughs) So we're going to kind of go through those and answer some questions from you, our listeners, on this 100th episode. So, Mark, the first one we got, starting with a difficult shot, which is if you could change one thing in youth ministry, what would it be? Yeah, I struggle to come down just with one answer on this one, as you can imagine. It's not because, and hopefully, too, I'm answering the I guess answering the question the way that the person who asked it wanted to be done and not so much because um, there's a lot to fix in youth ministry. It's just there are a lot of contextual things I think that we've learned and that we just love seeing practitioners put into action, applying God's word to the lives of young people. I think the one that I've just been wrestling back and forth and teeter a lot and forth about is kind of the role of technology maybe in social media. For one, technology is obviously a gift from God and there's so many engineers and other smart people who have done so much to improve our lives and our health. I mean, just think of what KFUO has done for the decades with technology, whether it's podcasting we're doing here, how they've gone online, but even going back to the initial day of using radio, that there's so many ways the gospel can be shared through technology and can bring communities together. I think what a beautiful thing we can think of Christian community on social media. I think my wrestling is, and of course, much of this has to do with the benefit of hindsight and time being there, is is the church do enough or are we doing enough to prepare parents and youth for faithful use of technology and social media? I mean, I think just as more and more research comes out and just experience with it, I just wonder if there is, there's the one side of, again, taking that approach of we can't get off of, we can't not utilize it, but even more so, is there something about understanding the world in which our young people live and what that means for them going forward as faithful Christians? And certainly this has to do with things in the home and the and really the education starts there. And also I think that, I mean, we're talking younger age than high school at this point. This isn't just a high school thing where I think yeah. maybe that's where it started, where now it's getting younger. And I think the major change is just the speed at which things are changing for families and congregations. I and mean, how do we keep young people focused on the foundation that is Christ um, through all the change that happens? And also understand certainly the impact of social media on our brains and also on our faith life too. And again, always putting them back to Christ, but understand what does that look like for the world? And I kind of joke, like, will it be hundred years from now, I always love reading history of Christian church and like Christians were known as whatever. They're known for their love. Or they're known for the way they behaved, maybe in a pagan world. And hundred years from now, there'll be some statement that Christians became these people that really utilize technology differently or social Ooh. media. Will that be something that Christians will be known for that they had to take a stand because of what they saw it did to us physically, mentally, and just how it affects relationships and how maybe that's where we started to use it differently in a way that the world could see and brought people to them, to the church. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. I feel like that maybe needs to be its own episode, yeah. <laughs> right? And we've talked about it before, right? Like this idea that technology and how do we understand technology's healthy use and Christ-like use and differently than the relationship that the world maybe has with technology. I think I would have gone a different direction in that I think the one thing I would change to some degree, I try to figure out how to say this, is we would not put some, like, art. I feel like there's artificial limits. Mm. And sometimes practical 
ethical limits that get put on youth ministry that are mm-hmm. unhelpful. Things like older adults don't want to be involved in youth ministry. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes older adults are awesome in youth right. ministry. Or my youth ministry has to have X number of kids in order for it to be successful. We can't have healthy youth ministry unless we have a certain mm-hmm. number of mm-hmm. kids. Or healthy youth ministry has to include crazy games. Or, <laughs> right? I think there, there's a sense that maybe it's we've held it over from history or maybe it's just adult leaders who then think back to what they did in youth ministry and set those expectations up. And I think when we don't meet these sort of artificial parameters we've given ourselves, then we go, oh, well, then this isn't working. It's not healthy. And like, it could be. Maybe it already is and you just aren't recognizing how God is working in that situation. And then maybe some practical ones. And I just wish youth ministries were better funded (laughs) by their churches. I mean, some churches, I will say, fund their youth ministries particularly Mm -hmm. well. We've asked that question of youth leaders before, and we know that youth ministry is not one that's got a lot of resources Mm -hmm. dedicated to it. Just financial resources, the ability to... um, to utilize that in a way that your young people aren't constantly trying to fundraise to get things done. But so maybe some of those limitations I wish were things that we could change, but I'm with you. I think overall, I feel relatively optimistic about this. The state of our church is there. All right, Mark, do we want to do another hard one or you want to do an easy one? Let's do an easy one. I'm ready for softball. Yeah. All right. So what is the messiest youth game you have ever been a part of. So I went back to my youth for this one. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah, so not nothing that I had led. So I definitely have stated this on previous episodes. I grew up in Montana, and we did a lot of things outdoors in God's beautiful creation, especially in the summer. So we did more, kind of probably more fellowship stuff when it came to youth ministry in the summer just to get together because we all had pretty busy schedules. A lot of my friends were farmers, that type of thing. So it was a pretty busy time. So we get together when we could. And one summer, a bunch of us from church and certainly other friends too played Capture the Flag, which is normal, but not like on a field, but like in basically a certified bog swamp in Montana. Bog? Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, pretty much think swamp with capture the flag. So Oof. mud, muddy water, other organic materials, animals were all a part of the game. It was, I mean, I was pretty much dirt and mud from head to toe. And I was trying to think like, I don't even know how I got home from that <laughs> event. I think our youth worker drove us all home, drove us off individually because we had a really old, dirty youth van. And maybe that's how oh, we got dropped off. Now, I'm yeah. sure my mom probably made me hose off in the backyard before I could enter in. Like it was a mess, but it was a blast. We had fun. We did that for hours. I mean, if anyone's done like a Tough Mudder race or I did one of those as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, Just think of that with more uh, competitive nature and fun and tackling and all that kind of good stuff. It was great. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I certainly have held my fair share of messy game nights. And so kids come anticipating getting gross and I oblige by <laughs> getting them disgusting, covered in whipped cream and chocolate ah, yes. and uh-huh. mud and water and everything that I could conceive of. And so I'm sure the kids in my youth groups in the past would probably remember better than I, I would. I remember turned someone into a human Sunday. It was like a relay race until like we made a on the on there. Yeah, I don't know. So we've done a bunch of those. I certainly think maybe the messiest 
I've gotten has been times where if we meet a certain goal, oh, I will get nice. a pie yeah, yeah. to the face, Very which good. always ends up being all over your body yes. somehow. Yes. And then I do remember one year we would always play a, our, a game of touch football before the Super Bowl. And one year the field was extra gross. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Which was hard. I mean, we didn't play too long or too hard because, like, then we had to go into the youth room and watch the game. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. And so, luckily, we have a school. We had showers. We could figure that out. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was definitely fun. Right. I think there is something really fun about being able to get in that space and sort of do something that you outrageous that you wouldn't yeah. be able to do. It's very memorable. <laughs> right. Clearly, because you're still remembering it now as an adult. So now back to maybe a, little, a good question that made me kind of think a little bit more is what are some creative ways to get parents to understand how important it is to get their kids to youth and church, to youth ministry and to church? Wow. Yeah. I'm not necessarily sure this is particularly creative, but I definitely think that we don't tell parents Mm, enough how important they are. And I think we hope that they know that and we hope that that's sort of instinctual, but I don't think we've created a pattern, especially not from youth ministry created a pattern of telling parents regularly how important and vital their work is and encouraging them. I know so many parents right now that are just tired (laughs) and trying to do so many things and spend so many plates and have so much on their minds. And I think sometimes it can be a situation where when the church comes to a parent, there's a whole other level of expectation parent is ready to listen to. They're like, okay, here's another thing that I have to, (laughs) to try and figure out and do better. And I think the church can do a lot, especially youth ministry can do a lot if we come to that parent and say like, you're doing okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. How can we help you? And how can we remind you just how important what you are doing is? Yeah. I think it was on the line. Like, I don't know if it was be super creative. I think like you said, sometimes church can come through as just another thing that has to be done or that there's going to be a lot more commitment in there. And I think to simplify it, and again, just to reiterate, God works through worship. God works through Christian community. God works through his word. And so just being there, being present, getting your kids there is a place where then God does amazing things. And we may not see it week in, week out, but over the time, we saw in research, we see in scripture, certainly, that important role of what parents do by bringing their kids to worship, bringing them to youth activities. And that and sometimes the church can be the place to say, hey, we're so thankful you're here. And doing that vocation as parent of bringing your young person, your youth, the congregation, and then instilling them too, maybe as they get older, driving themselves, be able to make those schedules themselves and be able to instill that love for the Lord and that love for a Christian community. And that, and I, I thought of some things too, again, I'm not, this isn't very specific, but be creative ways in which you could do this is just share those stories of faithful parenting, maybe in your current context, again, how maybe simple that is and yet how God works through that. But then also certainly maybe generations before in your own congregation to be able to tell those stories, but certainly from older history and church history and then scripture too, faithful parents who did that and again relied on God to do the work through his word and through other Christians. Yeah, I think it's really helpful for parents to hear from parents who maybe are empty nesters or grandparents now or whatever, how they managed, where they (laughs) wish they would have done different things differently, Mm -hmm. but how they value that. And also I think it's helpful for, for us to help 
parents see you, you talked about statistics in there, right? That we know in scripture, things we know from data, but also the things we know about developmental stages. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Parents read a lot of books before they have their first baby. As they get their first teenager or preteen, how are we helping them understand those stages and how they can step into those roles as well? I certainly, there's a lot that we could talk about there. And I think any effort you make to encourage parents, mm-hmm. connect parents, partner with parents can be, is, can be really valuable, right? Yeah. It's helpful in those things. It might not be new or super creative or solve it all at once. Mm-hmm. Certainly any effort you're making in that can be really mm-hmm. fantastic. All right, Mark, here's another heavy hitter. All right. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, I appreciated this question. I, go I feel with, like you and I were on the same page here. Okay, okay. I go with that it's a sandwich. I mean, bread, meat, condiments. Right? Yeah, right? I mean, it's got to be sandwich, right? So just, I, because I had this question in advance, searched online Okay. Okay. to see what the official yeah. Merriam-Webster's definition, mm. which includes... Like you said, something inside of two pieces of bread, which I feel like a hot dog is. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. However, I now am convinced that corn dogs are burritos, and I feel like that's a harder <laughs> stance to defend. Ah. Like, if a hot dog's a sandwich, is a corn dog a burrito? Right? Fried burrito, I guess. Fried? Sure. You could fried burritos. Maybe it's a chimichanga. I don't know. Like. <laughs> I do love these questions, though. Uh-huh. I I have many teenagers have asked me this question. Really? And I feel like this is one of those great discussion uh-huh. starters. Uh-huh. Of, that's right. That's right. There you go. That's right, that's right. Why do I imagine that being a good discussion question? Right? Yeah, like to get people into, taking uh-huh. stances inside to having to use a critical <laughs> uh, thinking. Heated. And, heated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. I, according to end goals. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hot dog is sandwich. That's right. Two for two. That's good. We're on top of that. So here, this was one that, curious to get your take on this. What are you most excited for the future of youth ministry? I would say a couple of things. One is I am excited for a future where uh, youth are less separated from the life of the church and are more integrated. I think we are moving in that direction, that they are being pulled more and more into life. We had a span, I feel like, where they were much more separated and siloed off. Right. And I feel like we're swinging back the other direction, which is encouraging. Yeah. I also really am excited for a future in youth ministry where we can use technology, where we can use our resources to be more personalized to our young people. I think for a long time, youth ministry was done. These are the events we're doing. This is the Bible study we're doing. And you either like it or you don't. (laughs) You built relationships within that. But as a kid growing up who was much more into nerdy things and not into athletic things or games or paintball or any of that, didn't always fit into those spaces. Whereas I see youth ministry now becoming much more personalized and connected to each one of those kids individually Mm -hmm. and thinking about them as Mm -hmm. individuals, Mm -hmm. how we care about them as individuals. 
And I think that can be really powerful, especially in a world where lots of times kids are just a profile pick and a profile name to be able to know them and to know them well and to be able to care about them and what they care about in the world. It's harder for youth ministry Mm -hmm, leaders. mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. easy. That's a lot more complicated calendar and complicated a bulletin announcement. But I think there's some cool space that that youth ministry is stepping into where we can really think more small, think more small groups, think Mm -hmm. more individualized, and then more integrated, which is really great as well. How about you, Mark? I thought this question, I, I, I had to go at least with two. I just couldn't. Well, I did, so I think they're, that's fair. That's right. They're somewhat related, but yet they're not. I don't really care. I'm just going to speak for two. So um, <laughs> um, We've earned that right. in 100 well, episodes. That's right. I think one for me that's just given me such joy and excitement for the future. I love being able to hear from LCMS young people and their desire to grow in the knowledge of God's word, Christian faith, knowledge of God, and it's specifically with the desire to be able to serve and witness to their neighbor, their friends. Oh, yeah. I know that's nothing new maybe, but I think... We've seen a shift with young people because of certainly how the Holy Spirit is working through them and what I think they see in their culture and their friends. And on on one level, it may be disturbing at times because their faith is being challenged, maybe younger in life and also maybe in more intrusive ways than in the past. But on the positive side, I think we see our young people having a desire really to deeply consider their faith life and also the teachings of Scripture, again, at that younger age. And in the past, there may have been more safe space and time to teach them. And maybe they would have been supporting their faith more as they entered adolescence and other aspects of life besides the church. But now I think they understand more than previous generations that they may be the only friend, the only way one of the friends is going to hear about Jesus. And they're taking that very seriously. And I love their heart for their friends and the people that they care about that I think I see, I feel like in the older generation, we're getting into such a divisive place around whether it's politics or whatever. And I think we have young people say, these are people I go to school with. These are people I'm taking from scripture. What I'm told I'm supposed to love these people. How do I do that? Well, in the name of Christ. And I'd love to see again, their heart for that and that they want to be equipped to be able to speak the truth and love to their friends. And I'm, I mean, generally a hopeful and optimistic person anyway. So I'm excited about what God will do through these young Christians and what that will do to our church body and certainly our society in the future to bring the gospel to our communities and congregations. I think my second one I get excited about is being able to do a project like the seven practices or the research that we've done with millennials and then ongoing certainly too, um, is to be able to connect with those who love young people as adults and are serving young people in response to a caring adult that they had in their own lives as a young person. And I love those questions we ask almost every guest that comes on. Tell us about those times in middle school or high school, those people that made an impact in your life. And I just love to see people who said, hey, I want to be that person in a young, another young person's life. I know how important it was that God placed that pastor, DC, teacher, layperson, parent in my life, and I want to be that person for another young person. And so I just love to be able to connect with those youth leaders who have that passion out of response for God's mercy and love in their life to, again, pass it on to the next generation and show care and compassion as they oftentimes so understand the difficulty of adolescence and how important it is to have that caring adult in their lives to, to share the good news of Jesus. Yeah, I love working with young people right now because they they are not interested in getting into faith in a shallow way. Yep. When they want to get in, I mean, they're more likely to pull me 
further and deeper yeah. into scripture, into yes. the confessions, and encourage me to be in those places, which is phenomenal. And I think it, it speaks really highly to what the future of youth ministry can look like, is if we can get ourselves out of the way of these young people, mm-hmm. and if we can give them some opportunities to serve and lead in our churches, there's some really cool things that I think they're going to be able to do through the work of the Holy Spirit and as God uses their gifts. I'm not sure we're even ready for (laughs) for that at some level, right? right? I don't want to underestimate them because I really do think there's some powerful things that God has in store for the church in working with young people as they get older and move into adulthood. Lots of good things to look Mm -hmm. forward to. Some musical things, right? Mm -hmm. Like like future gatherings and and all sorts of future youth leads Mm -hmm. and stuff to look forward to. All right, this one might be a little harder for Mark. What's the weirdest thing you've ever had to remove from the church roof after a youth event? Yeah, this is one. I don't necessarily, I don't have a personal story on that one. So I wanted to go back into a story I'm well aware of from the history of LCMS Youth Ministry, specifically Youth Leader, what was formerly Lutheran Youth Fellowship. And there is a story from one of the annual leadership training. And I know Juliana now manages this program. So this always makes her a little, little queasy when I bring this up. But now this was a long time ago. We're talking 30 years ago, 40 years ago, probably almost that this happened. So it was a while back that there was at one of the trainings, some young male leaders who thought it was a good idea for themselves to be out on the roof during the training. This was at a pretty large retreat center. It's where we still host it today. So we even know the location. no ideas if you are coming to Um, this event. So I guess humans, human young men, was maybe the weirdest thing that I've heard of have to get off of a roof. I'm sure that's probably happened maybe in some other aspects of youth ministry. I'm sure they probably started locking the hatch after that or soon after that. And I think it is now. But yeah. nonetheless, that was one story that I always think of when I hear of a roof in youth ministry and the adult leaders figuring that out and taking care of that scenario when it yeah. happened. I'm afraid of heights. And so I never wanted to get things on the roof because I did <laughs> so not want to be responsible for getting them off the roof. I will say, so I had to go with what's the weirdest thing that I could have gotten on the roof, right? If things had gone wrong. And so there was a time early on in my ministry where we thought it would be super fun. Another DCE and I split the cost of a three-man slingshot and then went back and forth with it. And so we had a great big field and we had a gigantic three-man slingshot where we could uh, see how far we could take things like water balloons, watermelons, cantaloupe, tomatoes. competition or... Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So yeah. really mm-hmm. like an experiment. It, it took us a little while to get our technique, but we chucked some produce quite a distance and height. And I think that would have been the weirdest thing had we aimed towards a building, which we clearly did not because we were being safe, we promise, <laughs> with the three-man slingshot. But yeah, didn't get it on the roof, but probably could have if we had aimed it right. All right, we've got some more fun ones here. Juliana, uh, first, you got to say how long you've lived in St. Louis, but I, then what is your favorite long? thing to do in St. Louis? How long have I lived in St. Louis? Seven years? Okay. Is that oh. right? Yeah. Yeah. 
What is my favorite thing to do in St. Louis? I would say most recently and probably the thing I do most often is there's some great theater here. Uh, Our Fox Theater is gorgeous and has Mm -hmm. amazing shows Mm -hmm. that come and Muni. I haven't gotten to see a Muni show this last season, but that's always a good time. And I'm always impressed at the number of things that you can do for free here. From Mm -hmm. Chicago, I love Chicago. Don't hardly ever talk badly about Chicago, but to go and do things in Chicago is pretty expensive. Here in St. Mm-hmm. Louis, stuff is free or yeah. not that expensive. So that's nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. For me, it's all about the food. And I know probably any city is going to say they're a food city. And that's fine. But I think St. Louis, again, has some great mm. spots where whether you got the hill with Italian, you got a lot of good food trucks, you got a lot of good barbecue, you got a lot of good stuff that for me, it's either going to go into a new restaurant or maybe one of my favorites. But then from there, besides that, I love Forest Park, which is just, I think, a jewel for the city, a huge urban park that has so much, the Muni you discussed in the summer for outdoor theater, uh, the zoo. My wife has a December birthday. We always go to the zoo lights. It's free, amazing zoo that's free, art museums, and just general being outdoors in that place. I just love going to, there's just so much, again, you can do at Forest Park. So love that a lot to do in St. Louis. Yeah, I'm not mad about the St. Louis barbecue, but there's some St. Louis foods which are a bit hair miss for me. But that's okay. We I don't need to go on the record yeah, uh, on the podcast what yeah, that what uh, those things I, are. I'm gonna bite my lip too because there's something I could say too. But there's good individual restaurants and good areas yes. of St. Louis. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I absolutely there are some fantastic spots. And yeah, St. Louis is a great great city mm-hmm. to live in. And I mean, sometimes we spend a lot of our time in the airport isn't right. bad. <laughs> it doesn't have bad food either. No. Uh, I mean, it's not great, but you know, we do. We love being home here. More in local St. Louis. places are getting into the airport, which is great. Yes, that yes. is yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Speaking of food, all right, we have the next question, which is what is your favorite uh, dish at a potluck? Yes. So if barbecue is there, it's barbecue, but I'll. Yeah. We'll assume that's not the case. Is that so, often something you see? It? No, not often. Right. Not often enough. Let's just put it that way. Is barbecue no. a Montana potluck? Is there <laughs> specific Montana potluck dishes? Pretty much anything with beef. Right. I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, casseroles. Yeah, definitely. A lot of beef. Yeah, for sure. For okay. sure. But, but mine, I had to go back to my, my childhood, and I got to make some now, now that I brought it up. But I love, I, it's probably called different things in different parts. I even Googled it to make sure it actually was the name what we called it growing up. It's called Watergate Salad. You know what I'm talking about? I do not. Really? Yep. See it. So I love Maybe it. we call it a different name. What Maybe. is it? So it's first again. Now, Watergate Salad is one of these things then that always begs the question, is it a salad or is it a dessert? So that's, that's oh, one of the Oh, is it like things. a jello based oh, scenario? No. Well, so it's, oh. it's, let's see, what is it? It's a pistachio flavored instant pudding mix, canned pineapple, nuts and whipped topping, and then some put mini marshmallows. I don't like marshmallows, so I do it without that. But it is just like- fluffy goodness and I mean I get the salad dessert but it should be an entree I mean as far as I'm concerned uh, I'll just answer the that's question that's saying a way. lot because you are not a dessert I'm not a dessert guy I'm not a sweet guy but I just loved that loved it as a kid I think my mom really had to like discipline me not it was kind of I think not if, if I remember correctly it? it was mom would go to potluck and I would say Mark I made Watergate salad you let everyone else eat it before you get to touch it Oh. Yeah, it was one of those things. Because if not, Mark might just eat the whole bowl. Yeah. 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 Fair. Also, Discipline. I will go on the record and saying Mark and I 
as church workers who grew up as members of a church work family mm -hmm. never get to go no. first in the potluck line. So there could be amazing things in the potluck that Mark and right. I have never experienced. Right, it's all gone. Because we always go last. Mm -hmm. That is the way of things. What is yours? Uh, here's the deal. I don't like to cook. So as an adult, Everything at a potluck <laughs> is my favorite food because it is food that I do not have to cook. It, it, it could really be almost anything. And is it food that I did not have to cook or make? <laughs> then, then I am very into it. I like um, the meatballs with the mystery sauce. I don't know oh. what it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, not barbecue, but yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Oh, no, like exactly it's like sweet. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that or little mm -hmm. weenies, those kinds of things. I liked any kind of baked spaghetti dish, oh, very good. right? Yeah. But honestly, I am not a picky eater, and there are yeah. not many foods that I would turn down at a potluck. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so that one, that's an easy question. We got a couple questions about the youth gathering. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so one of them was, what is your favorite youth gathering theme? Juliana, what's your oh, favorite? Man. I I really struggled with this one because I think we've had some really good themes. But I think for me, one that continues to be in my head would be in Christ alone. Just there is something about the way that we explored that yep. and the way that theme played out over the course of those days yeah. and continued to play out for me just really was very resonant and 2016 right yeah yep. uh, certainly that one and that might just be just because that was the first one where I was on staff and that mm -hmm. one just I got to see more of the behind the scenes mm -hmm. but yeah I think in Christ alone is probably it's my favorite one thing I always loved about that one was Erica who works in LCN's communication was her graphic designer for that one and we had a mosaic yeah. And did a great job of that. And I, because and, it was New Orleans too. And so it just played off that really well. I like the imagery on that one, but it was such a rich theme that we allowed us to go a lot of different things, especially just with stuff that was happening in the world and, yeah. and things. There was just a lot of great stuff we could do. I'm going to cheat again and I'm going to go with two. <gasps> I know. One is 2007 Chosen. That was in, a, we were supposed to be in New Orleans. And then because of Katrina, we ended up being in Orlando for a second time. And so that was just, that was a tough planning process as you're still trying to, show care and concern for our friends in New Orleans going through that process and through that recovery and then also still planning our event. And I just remembered like that was one where I felt like, and that was obviously pretty early in my gathering career working with the event. But I remember like that was one where we just heard kids could hear the theme, could repeat the theme and that it soaked in. And I think we had some really good, strong Bible study leaders that year. Mass events nailed it. And so that was just one that I remember was really strong. And I just love the theme. I mean, it was that I can always remember Joel Lambauer statement of God's chosen of you changes everything. That's one thing mm. I just remember taking away from that. Yeah. A great one. And then I personally, probably more personal, speak to the 2013 Live Loved, which was in San Antonio. It was basically based on First John. That's my favorite book of the Bible, probably. And so I just loved that one to be able to explore First John deeply for three years and to get into the book of John and just the richness of that. And I just, I, I loved it. And so again, still be able to really give, I think, young people strong reflections on what true love is and yeah. beauty of God's love for us. And then how we show that out into the world. And I think I had a really strong kind of, I guess, two kinds of righteousness and also the vertical relationship, horizontal relationship that we have in our everyday life. So th those are two that really stick out to me. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good ones. Hard to 
it's hard to pick. But another thing that's hard to pick, and we've talked about this very briefly, is like how we pick a city yeah. for the gathering. Mm-hmm. But somebody wanted to know, what city would you love to do a youth gathering in, but maybe haven't been Ooh. able to for logistical reasons? Now, let's be clear while Mark thinks this over. There are so many logistics that go into picking a city. I did not even begin to comprehend until I was on staff how many pieces there are to picking a city. So just because we throw out some ideas here, we want to be clear. (laughs) These are not not necessarily Uh, cities that we will go to in the future. I'm glad they Um, added the caveat that we have to throw out logistical planning. So we're going to dream here. Like logistics aren't a thing. Honolulu. (laughs) No, okay. I mean... A fun yeah. one to plan in. So I think truly, I think, uh, so we were really luck- fortunate, blessed in 2019 to go to Minneapolis, be in the Midwest. Traditionally, we're usually like in Texas or the Southeast, where usually we can get in the summer better rates and things for not only our participants, but for the plan of the event itself. So it was great to do the Midwest a little further north and to try something different. So the excitement of that, that brings kind of to the whole planning process. I would love to say like Northwest or Northeast, I'm from the Northwest, so there's a part of me that says Seattle, Portland, something oh, like that. Really yeah, it'd be, be yeah. pretty unique to do that, I think. Especially, I mean, it's gorgeous in the summer, obviously, so it would be great. But I'm going to go, I'm going to take a big swing. I'm going to take a big swing. Okay. And I'm going to say, man, the logistics of this would be crazy without even knowing a quarter of what the logistics would be. But going to Big Apple, New yeah. York City, Madison Square Garden, I don't know, something like that would be awesome, I think, to bring our young people into largest city in the country population wise and be able to share the gospel grow in our faith be able to see a big city like that be able to interact in a very different context i think than what almost anyone i mean i sorry i shouldn't say anyone but so many people i think of our church body are used to and we have certainly great friends in the atlantic district that would be i think excited to host us as well i love their city Yeah, I will say I just tried to picture a shuttle bus get through yep. Manhattan streets. Oh, man. And yeah, that's horrifying. But no, it would be super fun. I'm with you in the I think I would love a a Pacific Northwest Seattle, Portland. I think the weather there is gorgeous. I think just the environment is gorgeous. Similarly, I think Denver would be a good one to return to. Would be to. a good yeah. one to return mm-hmm. to and yeah. a lot of reasons for that but but I think I think weather I think gorgeous I think great yeah. city I'm gonna go the opposite of you though and say San Diego oh right yeah I oh, boy. Can't go wrong love there. I have enjoyed a couple of times that I've been able to be there just think it's a gorgeous city yep. beach yep. close to my family <laughs> but yeah because I think a little more beach a little less city not that yeah. I love cities, but yeah. there are so many great cities that we wish were available. But I am, have to say, super stoked to go back to New Orleans. Yes. I think New Orleans is such a great city to get to spend time in. And I don't mind having to go visit New Orleans. Right. right. Uh, one well, little bit. It's one of those funny things. I mean, that, I mean, it seems like we go to, we, I mean, we do go to New Orleans often, but it is unique to say to be gone to gatherings in two new cities. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans and Houston, and then certainly to return to, excuse me, Minneapolis and Houston. 
and then to return to New Orleans. And so it, it is, there's like a little returning home kind of thing to it. But yet things are a lot different though from obviously the last time we were there. But yet it is yeah. a great city and I know they're excited to have us and we're excited to get that process moving. So it'll be good. Yeah, we've been blessed with a lot of amazing cities to get to go to. And that's such a fun thing for us to be able to, I mean, we get to go there a lot for three years and investigate all the best foods and sneak away to see all the different things that are in the city around us. And it is a really great joy to be able to have the gig that we do where we get to explore cities for three years and then celebrate in Mm -hmm. them and get a new city. Right, right. (laughs) Which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the last question I have on our list came to us from a person who has been on the podcast. Uh-oh. Right? And so Blake wanted to know oh. uh, who's been our favorite guest, <laughs> which I This might be the hardest question of all. That's not fair. <laughs> is it totally fair, Blake? Is not totally fair. Because we've loved every single guest yes. that we've had on the show. I'm not sure I could pick a favorite because I'm going to cheat and not ask that question, I will ask, do you have a favorite podcast moment in the last 100 episodes? So you and I got to talk about this a little bit, so I'm gonna let you, we'll both probably be able to tell a little bit of the story that you had, which yours, yours, is, yours is pretty fantastic, you'll be able to talk about. I, uh, the one I'll go to, and it was funny, I mean, as we were celebrating the 100th episode and we talk about three years, was, we did one early on, I can't believe it was three years ago already, but it was with the Servant Event Committee, Elsino Servant Events. And my just recollection was us jammed, and it looked like a youth event, we're all jammed in the little small studio with all the equipment that used to be in there and trying to record that episode. Like It was kind of like old stuff you do in youth ministry before, lavalier mics, passing the mic around kind of thing to make sure everyone got a chance to respond to the questions. And so that was when we were still learning. And that would been one of our early episodes probably about how to do that whole thing. So that's one of my favorite memories of learning to do the podcast. Yeah. We've had some technical issues that were Uh funny. uh Uh, I don't know. There's always interesting things that happen. I think for me, the funniest one (laughs) was we are doing an episode. We were all recording from home because of COVID. And so there were, it was Mark, it was Derek Broton, it was Sarah Salzberg, it was Peter Nasker, you and me. And that meant that four of us, four of us were all in St. Louis, but we're recording remotely and we are all in different places in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. We were able to see and hear Storm roll past Derek's house and then roll past Mark's house mm-hmm. and then roll past the seminary where Peter was <laughs> and then over to my house very quickly thereafter and listen to the storm pass through the I city think, as we did this podcast. One lost electricity, right? I yes. Think in the middle yes. Of it? Yeah, we yeah, did right yeah, in the middle, was, right? Yep. So uh-huh. it was a unique situation. I don't yeah. think you could have replicated if you tried. <laughs> Well, certainly, but grateful for so many fun um, moments with guests and with people who have been on and shared. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to them as well. And so as we kind of come to the end of this, we want to do a few thank yous. I feel like it's super appropriate for this moment. And the first people group of people we want to thank is the KFUO team. This includes Andy Bates, Sarah Golseth, Jordan Harms, and more other editors that have contributed and helped us out. 
are so unbelievably blessed mm-hmm. yes. to work with this KFUO <laughs> team who makes us sound so good, even when maybe we don't sound so mm-hmm. good, and who have episodes out for us most of this, mostly on time. And if it's not, it's because it's, it's us. Yeah. They are great at helping us to continue to be creative in this process and engaging. So if you haven't already, please check out KFUO.org, see their other fantastic shows and the podcasts that they have available. It's also really nice of them to like revamp the studios for our 100 I know they episode. just revamped the studio we're in which is just gorgeous it's fantastic okay maybe we weren't the reason for the motivation but yeah. but nonetheless thank you for all that work some of you maybe have been to the International Center in St. Louis before you know that we are blessed to have a fantastic studio to record angles and many other KFUO podcasts it makes us look really professional we got like real mics and everything and headsets the whole nine yards and Andy Sarah and the team showed great patience just for us to be able to use the equipment and hopefully uh, not kick out KFU off the air because I thought I did that once yeah, I, I think we both yeah. accidentally done I mean, it at we've least We've had once. some pretty massive panic attacks at times. Right, yeah. But they just renovated the studio, new technology, simplified the design, and it just really is a great and a blessing. We also want to thank our team in LCMS Youth Ministry, Jim Lohman, Krista Miller, Renee Lorenz, and particularly we thank Meredith Smith, who makes sure we have all the right images for the show. Yeah, they have contributed. I believe all of them have contributed to at least two or three yeah. episodes, if not more than that. They really do a lot in helping us pick topics and help us find people who are great to engage with and Meredith make sure we have all the imagery and stuff ready. We are thankful for them. And most importantly, we are thankful for the thousands of youth leaders across the country who take time every week that they could spend doing a lot of different Mm -hmm. things in a lot of different ways and dedicate it to caring for young people in their church and community. We continue to keep you in our prayers as you care for young people and please continue to keep us in your prayers as we seek to point you and your young people to the cross and to provide resources to be able to grow disciples for life. Absolutely. And one more thing, and we don't say this very often, but if you do like the podcast, would you mind give us a rating and review whenever you listen to it? We are finding that in the Sea of Podcasts, that helps us to reach out to more people. Anagold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Thank you.